Bowl Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with you, as always. And in today's show, I'll be reacting to Week 5 and previewing the Week 6 waiver wire for fantasy football in 2022. Going to start with talking about the injuries in Week 5, reacting to the leaders and busts at each position, and then going into my top five waiver wire ads who are rostered in 40% or less of ESPN leagues prior to Monday Night Football. Going to be a good show. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast and send fantasy questions over there or to second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. Also be sure, of course, to check out my weekly start sit shows. I came back and returned for that yesterday or two days ago when this podcast is coming out. I'm recording it, of course, on Monday, but uh, on the last Sunday. I recorded or I did a live Q&A for start sits that I do every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern. So that's where you can ask your fantasy questions before kickoff as well. You can always just tag me as well or DM with start sit questions throughout the week and I'll always give you a response. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe or rate review and pretty much just share it with your friends. If you enjoy the show, you should share it with your friends, those that aren't in your league. If you have a friend that isn't in your league that plays fantasy football and you don't uh you want them to get the league winning advice, send them over here. Obviously, I can see keeping the show away from your league mates because of course you don't want them to hear the same advice that you're hearing. So other than that, would appreciate it if you share the show as well. That's about it. Let's jump in. We're gonna talk news, gonna talk injuries. So there were some injuries in week five, as there always are. Apparently, Rashad Penny, per Pete Carroll, has suffered a serious ankle injury. Now, Kenneth Walker came in, did very well last week. He is a must-add for fantasy football because he is a starter, a starting running back in fantasy football. Unfortunately, he's rostered in 47% of ESPN leagues, so that's why he's not on the waiver wire segment, but he is the top ad of the week if he's still available in your league for sure. Damian Harris left with a hamstring injury. That's maybe something that may end up lingering. Not really sure about his status yet for next week, but Ramondre Stevenson gets a boost into that really good solid RB2 territory. He could be a top 15 guy if uh, um, Damian Harris is out. Chris Olave had a concussion. He will have to be cleared for next week. We'll see if he is. Keep an eye on that. Pat Fryermuth had a concussion as well. Other than that, uh, James Conner and Darrell Williams are both uncertain for next week, so we'll talk about their potential replacement in waiver wire. And then Tyree Kill had like a fluky foot injury, so he may miss time, but we're not really sure about that yet. So again, keep an eye on that as well. So that's all the injuries for the week. Let's move into reactions. Reacting to the PPR scoring leaders and busts for week five in fantasy football, the quarterback won on the week was Josh Allen. What a surprise. Over 400 yards, four touchdowns, and an absolute domination of Pittsburgh. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, too. I mean, these two guys may very well be just the top two quarterbacks undisputably in fantasy, indisputably in fantasy right now for their rushing upside and passing prowess, and they showed it here. Geno Smith, we'll talk about him in a bit. What a breakout this guy's having. I mean, Geno Smith looks better this year than Russell Wilson did last year. And sure, Russell Wilson was hurt, but Geno Smith this year also may look better than Russell Wilson has looked this year. So somehow the Seahawks like got an upgrade at quarterback. They're looking good at that position. I think Geno Smith has always been kind of like a hard luck guy in terms of like he hasn't really gotten like fully the opportunity to ever prove himself. He never, I never expected him to do this, obviously. I always thought he was the better quarterback than Drew Locke for sure, but obviously never expected him to step in and look as good as he has, especially on offense. I mean, if this defense can even play a little better, 
they'll be doing fine because somehow the Seahawks lost last week, despite Smith's play. They won 48 to 45 the week before that. So they are like two and three right now. And that's not the fault of Geno Smith because he has been playing really, really well most weeks. So he was the quarterback three. Other than that, regular old performances. Russell Wilson was a bust. He's hard to trust in your lineup at this point. Matthew Stafford, uh, just kind of been a May year for him so far. I think he'll step it up, but he's maybe sinking down into a little bit more streaming territory there as well. Jared Goff came, kind of came back down to earth. We were expecting some touchdown regression, but not this quickly because he didn't have a single touchdown when the Lions got shut out. So, yeah, he's still in streaming territory. The RB1 on the week. Wait, I think this was the RB1 of the week last week, too. Wait, and I'm also confused. Didn't I, like, didn't somebody, I mean, I don't know if it was me, but didn't somebody on this very podcast say Austin Eckler was a buy low after week three? Oh, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that was me. Yes, and he was the top RB on the week two weeks in a row. Perfect. So you probably have him on your fantasy team now, and you're doing really, really well. I hope. I mean, look at that. RB1 on the week. Love to see it. Leonard Fournette was the RB2. He's great. Brees Hall, the breakout is here. I was a proponent of Hall in the preseason. It was He was all right to start the year, but now it's really getting good, and I think Brees Hall is not going to look back and be awesome. Derrick Henry, the RB4 against this commander's defense, makes sense. Delvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara. He had a good bounce back game. That's good to see. I also think Kamara is a guy that people just got worried about way too quickly because he's still got some chances to be good. Christian McCaffrey at the RB8. And guess who this is? Tevin Coleman, my favorite, makes a return to the top 10 RBs. Somehow this guy's back on San Francisco and he had two touchdowns just out of nowhere. This is nothing you can rely on at all, but this makes me really, really happy that Tevin Coleman is producing once again because I was a truther of his in the jet on the jets last year and was wrong miserably but you know what it doesn't matter damian pierce rb10 jeff wilson rb11 jeff wilson's had a nice stretch and so was damian pierce they've both been nice little like breakouts that for your fantasy team bus rashad penny got injured james robinson hasn't been too great the last couple weeks i think you maybe want to shy away from him being an every week start at this point jamal williams just picked up some yards just didn't get any scores or receptions or anything miles sanders being his usual mediocre miles sanders self that's about it Wide receivers, and my goodness, I don't think you started this guy because he's had a bad start to the year. I actually recommended on the Sunday Start Sit show that you play him as or see him as kind of a risky guy. But look, Gabe Davis, the wide receiver one, three receptions, 171 yards, two touchdowns. He wasn't even targeted that much. He just had two just massive plays. Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver too. No surprise there. And I get Davis, I guess, continues to be a risky guy with a lot of upside. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver three. One of his big boom Tyler Lockett games. Cooper Cup is being Cooper Cup. If you didn't, you should have drafted him as the wide receiver one, of course. I mean, Jefferson's doing great too, but Cooper Cup was always the choice there, as I'd said throughout the offseason. Deami Brown, wow. Deami Brown with Dehan Dotson out had just like a nice catch on a 30-yard touchdown and then another just crazy 75-yard touchdown. He had two catches in the game, had the best game of his career, the first two touchdowns of his career, I'm pretty sure. I mean, this guy went crazy. And on the other flip side, after Amon Ross St. Brown had faced the commanders, he got quoted to say, he was like, I didn't see Deami Brown on the field that much when asked about like how Brown went ahead of him. St. Brown had like two catches for six yards this week and Brown had two for 105. So that doesn't mean anything at all because Brown's still, I mean, St. Brown is still the better receiver than Brown. I guess that got confusing, but St. Brown did not perform nearly to the level that Deami Brown did. Diggs was good. Myers, look at what happens when Jacoby Myers gets a touchdown. 
he was the wide receiver seven. Maybe we'll see more of this with Bailey Zappi. I don't, I don't think so. I think he's still going to be mostly the way he's been always. Mike Williams, wide receiver eight. Good to see. Hollywood Brown. The sell high time for Hollywood Brown is now, by the way, because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. And fa- some fantasy analysts are just forgetting this. And they're like, Hollywood Brown's a top 10 receiver the next, rest of the season. Like, it doesn't make sense to me how, like, in the preseason, we had this analysis that Hollywood would fall off once Hopkins got back and we're like we're gonna see some good performances from Hollywood so he's a good early season so high and we saw some good performances from Hollywood and now he's like a buy like it was the nothing's changed from the preseason analysis it's just all about bias and all about actually seeing it happen that's the one thing so bus mm, interesting week for wide receivers overall Jalen Waddle didn't do too well Garrett Wilson, we've seen better days. Alan Ross St. Brown, we've certainly seen better days. Romeo Dubs came back to earth a little bit. It was I was hoping he'd be an every week option, but now he kind of seems a little risky once again. Um, AJ Brown, you should still be starting him. Brandon Cooks, should you should still be starting him. Um, Drake London, I think there'll be better days from him as well. Now let's move to tight end. Guys, who is what the heck? Taysom Hill, tight end one on the week. Missed a game this season and still is the tight end three in fantasy. And I think he put up zero in week two. I mean, this team was missing a lot of playmakers when Olave got hurt and Thomas was hurt. He had three touchdowns. He is still listed as a tight end, despite being primarily just like a running back and a Swiss army knife. Maybe he'll be more involved in the future. He is a very risky option at tight end, but he is now should be considered, I think, a top 12 tight end in fantasy. Like, this has been, it's ridiculous. Like, he entered the week not even having done too badly either. Like, he ha- puts up enough, like, boom games to now be considered in that role. And there's just not enough good tight ends in fantasy. So, Taysom Hill is worthy of starting consideration at this point, especially if these weapons continue to miss time. Mark Andrews was good. Dallas Goddard was good. Good to see. Good to see Hayden Hurst get in the end zone. He came out despite the injury and played very, very well. So, Hurst is kind of a back-end streaming option at some points. David Njoku has continued to actually put up some better numbers this year. And then Evan Ingram, interesting game. I, I think it's harder to rely on Ingram. Njoku maybe a little more easy to rely on him. Um, busts on the week. I mean, George Kittle wasn't too great. I mean, he was he was fine. Five for 47. Uh, I guess Kyle Pitts didn't even play. I was just, I'm automatically like assuming that Kyle Pitts is just a bust every week, but none of the tight Atlanta tight ends did any good. Um other than that, I mean, it wasn't that crazy. Like Mike Gesicki had his usual bust game, but that's like, and we know Mike Gesicki doesn't normally put up great fantasy numbers. Hawkinson, I guess, came back down to earth after a huge week last week, but all of that Lions offense was pretty bad. So it's an outlier, but so was the last week for TJ Hawkinson. He'll be somewhere in the middle. It's kind of a decent tight end one at times. So that wraps up the waiver wire. I mean, that wraps up the reactions. Now let's get into waiver wire before we wrap up the show. These guys are rostered in 40% or less of ESPN leagues. The first guy to pick up is Eno Benjamin. Benjamin could get the RB1 work for the Arizona Cardinals. And because we're going to, I mean, we are going to see potentially James Conner and Daryl Williams out next week. And Benjamin is the only fully healthy guy on the roster right now. He's worth an ad. Taysom Hill, of course, like we talked about earlier. Daryl Williams, if Conner misses time, is also available in almost every league. So you can add him. Geno Smith. Now, if you need a streaming quarterback, Geno Smith is very good to look at. Week after week, I am I have Geno Smith in the Scott Fishbowl. And I have Tom Brady and Derek Carr as well, because I spent a lot of capital on QBs. 
But Geno Smith has just been going crazy on my bench, and every week I regret sitting him. So I think he's a guy to consider starting at this point. And the thing was, I mean, I was in the Sirius XM live draft, and for the most part, I mean, they weren't like it was a lot of fun here. My my picks talked about on the radio and like different picks. They were critical of my pick to take Geno Smith ahead of Drew Locke in a super flex league in like the 16th round. Interesting because that played out really, really well. That played out really, really, really well. I always I mean, that's that's my proof that I can say I always thought Smith was going to be the starter there. Always thought he was going to be better than Drew Locke. He came in, started week one and boom, is gone crazy. Obviously, I didn't predict this, but. You know, it was worth a pick at that spot. Absolutely. Over Drew Locke. Yes, it was. Serious, guys. It absolutely was. And then Joshua Kelly, uh, the p- fifth pickup. I mean, he's he had a decent role as Eckler's backup. Like, I don't really like recommending pickups like these because they usually have, like, no upside at all. But if you're desperate, I mean, sometimes these guy and the guys get a touchdown or some receptions or stuff like that. So that wraps up the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. By the way, I probably shouldn't be flexing my SFB team because it's doing very poorly last year. I, I did like all right last year. I got went seven and six, so it was okay. This year, I was just going really boom bust. And I'm also in a league with like, I mean, the Sirius XM draft had like a lot. It was probably one of the toughest divisions there is. And so it was tough. But I, I liked my draft a lot heading out of it. And it's kind of bombed. Like, it's getting better. I think I, I mean, I'm going to have a chance to end up winning. I'm going to have a small chance to win this week and at least maybe get above the league median. Um, But yeah, it's been pretty uh brutal out there for the league so far this season. So if you want, you can look me up on scottfishbowl.com and see that I'm kind of in like the bottom 10% this year after I was kind of floating above average to, to like about average to just above so, you know, that's what happens when you go boomer bust. If the bust comes out to play, that's what happens. But I still think it's worth it because no one remembers if you got 1,400 in a league of 3,000 teams. They remember if you got first. They also remember if you get last. But, of course, that's hard to do as well. And I'd rather risk it to go get first. So, anyway, that wraps up the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out the Start Sit Show on Thursday as well as the live one on Sunday. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you next time.